Psalms 36 this morning. We're going to look at verses 5 through 10. Thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens. Thy faithfulness reacheth unto the clouds. Thy righteousness is like the great mountains. Thy judgments are great deep, O Lord. Thou preservest man and beast. How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house, and thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasures. For with thee is the fountain of life, and thy light shall we see light. O continue thy loving kindness unto them that know thee, and thy righteousness to the upright heart. Now let's go to Psalms 103. We'll read verses 1 through 4. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all His benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with what? Loving kindness and tender mercies. As I was reading Psalms 103 this week and Meditating on thankfulness, I think too often when it comes to Thanksgiving, that's one time a year uh, when as parents or leaders or pastors, we emphasize the subject of Thanksgiving, making a mistake of not uh, emphasizing that all year long. But specifically speaking, the, the Lord brought my attention to that word loving kindness. Because when you read the Psalms, really this is a word that you find uh, more often than not. Uh, coming out of the mouth of David, loving uh, kindness. And now when we think of that, too often we think love and kindness, uh, but this unique word with unique meaning that goes a whole lot deeper than that. It's divine favor, it's loving mercy, it's extreme kindness, it's unfailing love, all of that in a single package. Uh, and, and David here is basking in that. He's saying, I'm, I'm a child of God. Now, here's where we want to avoid the confusion. When we speak of God's loving kindness, this is not in a general way towards mankind. This is in a parental way, specifically, uh, loving kindness shown towards his children. Look what it says in verse 1 through 4. David is speaking of the wicked and grieved by the wicked, as we all should be. The transgression of the wicked saith, within my heart, that there is what? No fear of God before their eyes. How many of you are grieved on a daily basis with your interaction in this world that there is no fear of God before their eyes? You see it in everything they do. You don't have to go at midnight to the worst section of town. You don't have to swing by a bar. You, you see it in the daily behavior with those that you work with. If you were out on Black Friday, which I would recommend you never get out on Black Friday. <laughs> Celebrate Thanksgiving two days in a row. Stay home. Eat turkey. Avoid the madness. Uh, but the depravity of man is on display. Uh, and it's, it's not just, I, w- I would shut out the news of the week because that's all that's on display is, is the evil that, that just pours out of mankind because there's no fear of God. What he does, what he says, uh, from homosexuality to sexual deviance to fornication, what used to be done in darkness is now done in the light. 
what used to bring shame, now men beat their chest in great pride at their own wickedness. Because there's no fear of God. Absolutely no fear. There's no fear of authority. You say, how can they loot and burn? And this week's news in California, how mob madness as they go into these large stores and within minutes make off with fifty, eighty, dollars $100,000 worth of merchandise. How could that happen in the United States of America? Yes, this nation was founded upon Christian principles, but the farther we get from God, this is a post-Christian nation now with a population that has no fear of God. Sadly, now you even see Christians without a fear of God. He said, I lament that there's no fear of God before their eyes. The wicked, verse 2, he flattereth himself. Isn't it amazing how the wicked have flattered themselves in their evil doings? It's a wonder that they all don't have broken arms the way they pat themselves on the back. Uh, The money that I've made, the barns that I've built, and the companies that I've started, and the investments that I have, and the car that I drive, and the job, and the success. And uh, it's just man flattering himself And it doesn't have to be good. It can be evil as well. I feel for those of you that are surrounded in an ungodly environment and that your daily work environment is men flatter themselves in their sexual exploits, their wickedness. They flatter themselves at how many cuss words can come out of their mouth in any given minute. They they flatter themselves in their evil doing. Verse 3. The words of his mouth are iniquity and deceit. Paul put it like this. Their mouths are open to sepulchers. Now, I have been in Mexico and Argentina and foreign countries where because they don't embalm the body, a burial needs to take place within 24 hours or there's a serious problem. But I've been at the grave site when they'd already passed those 24 hours. When you start bumping 28, 30 hours there is a putrid smell that is inexplicable unless you have been there. It's allowed to penetrate your nostrils. And David and Paul, they're, they're saying, listen, this, this is the mouth of the wicked. If you listen to them speak, their, their jokes, their logic, their philosophy, the, the verbiage, the cursing that takes place, the blasphemy of good in God, it's an open sepulcher. David said, when they speak, it's just a bunch of lies. They've, they've lost track of truth. When, when you listen to our politicians, you say, how, how can anyone buy that? The lie is so blatant. If they say it's not, it is. If they say it is, it's not. You just know, go with the opposite of whatever they're saying. Because they just spew out lies. Verse 4, he divides mischief upon his bed. He said, they just lay at night and toss and turn, thinking about the evil that they can commit the next day. Sin, who they'll be able to take advantage of and who they can scam and who they can hurt and what lie they can tell and what evil they can commit. Literally at night, they can't sleep preparing the evil for the next day. Like some of you on Wednesday night, begin the preparations for your Thanksgiving meal and that turkey and those potatoes and that ham, whatever you were preparing, you woke up early. The world 
does that in preparation for the evil they're prepared to commit the next day. Devising mischief upon their beds. They can't sleep. Teens now. We, we found this out during COVID. They sleep all day because they don't at night. It's just not the video games and the YouTube and the pornography. and It's just man devising more evil. And David says, that's a world that's living without any understanding of the loving kindness of God. Now, church, here's what I want to do this morning. No one I wouldn't preach on Thanksgiving, post-Thanksgiving Sunday morning, but I think we, we move on too quickly from the subject of giving thanks to God. And it'd be good for us to meditate for just a moment on the loving kindness of God. You did not experience that. Now, now we need to differentiate. Go with me to Titus. Because man without God can experience the love of God and the kindness of God, just not the loving kindness of God. Titus 3, look what it says in verse 4. But after that, what's it say? The kindness, does it say the loving kindness? No, we're, t- we're talking about God and kindness. You know what you did as a, a lost sinner? You're not seeking God. God was seeking you. And in love, he sent his Holy Spirit to work in your heart. In great kindness, he sent a Christian to invite you to church, to open a Bible, to take you through the gospel. That is the kindness and love of God the Savior toward man. Verse 5, not by works of righteousness, which we have done. Can you imagine? All a man would be doomed to hell were not for the love and kindness of God the Savior who offers His righteousness to those whose righteousness comes way short of anything that will please him. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. By the washing of regeneration, the renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly. Now, that, that was a lot of love and kindness shed abundantly. But what I need you to understand this morning, you're in a different category. Pre-salvation, you experience the love and the kindness of God the Savior. Post-salvation, you can experience the loving kindness of God. That's paternal. That's maternal. Have you ever seen a mother with a child during missions conference? We were talking in the back, and the Schwargas were here. These young couples with their new babies. We had the greatest bunch of kids and babies that share missions conference uh, you, you envy those that have children so easy to travel with. They were passed around from mother to mother and person to person, and rarely would you even see one upset. But the little Schwarga kid uh, always had that same look, and I was back there talking, and uh, someone was holding uh, the, the child, I can't remember uh, his name at the moment, and I said, that child always looks milk drunk. And... <laughs> Mom stepped out from behind the crowd and said, that's my baby. (laughs) Said, facts don't change. (laughs) Now, when you you see a mother with a child, that's loving kindness. That same mom will show kindness to other children and show love to other children, but not 
loving kindness, that sheltering, merciful, faithful, protective, that that child is mine. And you know, it's amazing. It's not like the child is two months now. That child is 18 now. And there's still that maternal loving kindness. And dad is saying, mom, that's enough. He's 18. He's going to make it. He's going to be fine. It's just a scratch. It's not a problem. He only broke his leg. It's just a compound fracture. He'll get over it. Now, for all of us that have experienced that, when we look at God's loving kindness, you can multiply that a hundred times over. Go back with me to Psalms 36. We're going to read several scriptures this morning simply to help us in our understanding of what God's loving kindness is. Look at the mercy involved. Psalm 36, 5. Thy what? Thy mercy, O Lord. Is in the heavens. The first thing he highlights about the loving kindness of God is his mercy. And David knows a little bit about this. Because David, after he was born into God's family, was not a perfect child. How many of you ever had a child born in your family that was not perfect? Have you ever had one that was a little bit bigger headache than the rest? Don't. Parents, you don't have to point them out because brother siblings already know. That person has already been identified. And all that we look at David is a man after God's own heart. We know his sins, his shortcomings, his failures, his disasters. Is a father in the Bible. I don't know of a bigger disaster than David was. And yet, the loving kindness. You know what? A mother can have a child that is a disaster. It doesn't keep that mother from showing loving. Everyone else can be upset. Everyone else can say that they've ruined my patience. I've had it up to here. And occasionally you even hear a mother say, I've had it up to here. And she hasn't. (laughs) Five minutes later, she'll be holding that child and uh, cooking the meal and washing the plates and putting in the bed and, yeah, up to here. Tell, tell me about it, up to here. Now, if a man says, I have, I've had it up to here, he means he has had it up to there. But the mercy that's involved, here's what God said in Psalms 103.4, who redeemeth uh, thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness, and uh, what were the next two words? Tender mercies. That's the loving kindness of God. Now, look at the second part of that verse, verse 5. Thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens, and thy what? Now, loving kindness is not just divine mercy. It's divine loyalty in keeping his covenant and keeping his pact. Here's, here's what parent does. If anyone else did to that mother or father what that child has done to the mother or father, ah, uh, no, <laughs> loyalty has ceased to exist. Isn't it amazing? You find mothers so patient with their own and so impatient with others. Even grandmothers love their grandkids, uh, but there's a reason grandmothers send their grandkids home at night. Because their loving kindness does not extend the same way that a mother's loving kindness extends to that child. Now, when we consider the loving kindness of God, that you tell me when he shouldn't have already been exhausted with our behavior. 
exhausted by our failures. Exhausted. The good thing about a mother at 18 or 19 or 20 or at some point, she can show that child the door and they can go live their own life and come visit occasionally. But in, in our case, God deals with us for decades. Whether or not there's immature, go with me to 2 Samuel chapter 7 for just a moment. 2 Samuel 7, we consider the divine loyalty of loving kindness. David here is given a promise by God, verse 16, Thine house, thy kingdom shall be established forever. Now let me ask you this. Is this previous to Bathsheba or post-Bathsheba? This is previous. Is this previous to numbering Israel or post? This is previous. Is this previous to the disaster that he creates in the rearing of his children or post? This is all previous. Now, was God ignorant of what he was about ready to do? God knew all that and yet promised him an everlasting throne. That's parental loving kindness. Look what it says, verse 28. David, speaking of his loving kindness, says, Now, Lord God, thou art that God, thy words be true, and that thou hast promised this goodness, this loving kindness in thy servant. Therefore now let it please thee to bless the house of thy servant, that it may continue forever before thee. And we know from the lineage of Christ and then into the millennial kingdom, God is going to fulfill this promise based upon what? His loving kindness. Now go back with me to Psalms 36. Not just divine mercy, divine loyalty. We see divine protection. Verse 7, how excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. Therefore the children of men, what's it say? They put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. Go with me to Psalm 17. Psalm 17, verse 4. Concerning the works of men, by the word of thy lips, I have kept me from the paths of the destroyer. Hold up my goings in thy paths, that my footsteps slip not. I have called upon thee, for thou wilt hear me, O God. Incline thine ear unto me. Hear my speech. Show thy marvelous... Loving kindness, O thou that savest by thy right hand. Now look at verse 8. Keep me as the apple that I hide me under the shadow of thy wings. Go with me to Psalm 63. Psalm 63, verse 3. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I'll lift up mine hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. Verse 7, because thou hast been my help, therefore in what? The shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. You know the safest place on the planet for a child? In the shadow of mama's wings. Remember years ago, uh, we lived right here across the airport and Austin wasn't quite as developed as, as it is now and we used to play out in the woods behind the house and there was a creek and we often found snakes but one day by that old swing there was a hold out stump. We looked in there and there was a coral snake and we came back in and 
said, Mom, there's a coral snake out there. And that woman came out with one of Dad's meat and cutting knives. And I swear she chopped down that tree. <laughs> that poor snake never had a chance. Um, there were pieces that were an inch and other pieces were a half an inch. And she didn't cut off the head. She, she so deliberately slaughtered. You know, you know what that is? That's the maternal protection. Uh, those are the wings of a mother, the shadow of the wings of a mother, where it provides safety. And here's what David said. Now, David lived uh, a life as a warrior, but here's, despite running, fleeing from uh, Saul, despite fleeing from uh, his son Absalom, despite uh, times dealing with the enemy, there was always a confidence in the what? Loving Kindness. Now, Christian, I'm, I'm fearful. One of God's greatest attributes is overlooked as a child of God. Here's what David said. The world never will know this. They're going to have to live their life with, without any understanding at all of the loving kindness of God. You know what the best part of Christianity is? The loving kindness. You wake up every day with a heavenly father that is there to show you loving kindness. You, you know why there's no place like your house? Because there's no mother that loves you like your mother. There, there's no family that's going to love you and protect you and help you and encourage you like the family that God gave you. And there is some spiritual DNA that provides you the same spiritual benefit of a God in heaven. Here's what, here's what David is doing. He's saying, I just want to rejoice for a minute in the loving kindness of God. Understand, he didn't deserve any of that. Loving kindness is the very essence of God the Father. No, no one had to teach Miss Julie or Brother Jamie about how to show loving kindness to those precious little kids that God's given them. When uh, I went over to Brother Jamie Julie's, they live out in the country and do yet clearing land and there's ponds and snakes and all of a sudden I'm out there walking over Jeremy's house and I hear bam, 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 snake killer. No one has to teach that to a parent. No one has to say, you, you, you know, you really need to love your child a little more. There's not under protection, there's usually over protection. And here's what David is basking in, the goodness of God, how God is loving him and protecting him. Jeremiah 9.24 says this, But let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord which exercise loving kindness, judgment and righteousness in the earth. For in these things, he says, I delight, saith the Lord. Now, go back with me to verse Five, Psalms 36. Aren't you glad that the loving kindness of God is not conditional? Thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens, and thy what? Can you get any higher than that? It reacheth, thy faithfulness reacheth unto the clouds. Here's what David said in Psalms 92 too. To show forth thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night. David's just saying you can never run too far to experience the loving kindness of God. Christian, I want you to consider from the moment you got saved until now. Maybe that's two months or two years or maybe it's 35 years ago. Don't you think at some point God should have said, okay, you crossed the line. 
okay, you've exhausted, you've exhausted my abundance of loving kindness. Okay, you knucklehead. Okay, you have finally worn out my patience. Had enough. Now, when we're talking about this, we're, we're not talking about a misunderstanding of the grace or mercy of God. Okay, the grace and mercy of God is not an excuse to do the wrong thing. It's a motivation to do the right thing. You know why any child, it's, it's inside that child to want to please mom and dad because they have experienced the loving kindness of mom and dad. And in their hearts, they say, with all that they've done for me, maturity is when that light turns on. Maturity is when they, they say, you know what, look at all the meals that mom's cooked and all the laundry that mom has done and all the work that the dads had to go through and the sacrifice to pay the bills. As those lights turn on, the gratitude grows and they don't use that as an excuse to do worse. They use that as a motivation to become better people. That's maturity. Uh, go to Psalms uh, 69, 16. Here's what loving kindness is. Loving kindness is undeserved, undeserved love and grace and kindness from the greater to the lesser. Look what it says, Psalm 69, 16. Hear me, O Lord, for thy loving kindness is good. Turn unto me according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. Now, we talk about loving kindness. This is, this is someone who's gone through life, dealt with life, and gone through birthing pains, and has held that child, and nurtured that child, and fed that child, and clothed that child, and bathed that child, and hugged that child, and held that child, and helped that child. That child has done nothing but cause problems from day one. Nothing but pain. Nine months of discomfort, the valley of the shadow of death, and then sleepless nights, dirty diapers, training, endless training, continual headaches, embarrassment, taking so much investment, teaching and training and schooling. And yeah, when you look at that mother and talk about that child, there's just something in her eyes that's deep. Yep. I love that boy. And everyone else says, we don't. <laughs> At least not like that. When you consider how much you have cost God, and he still looks down in loving kindness and says, I love that boy. He's mine. He's my child. No one else may like him like I do. No one else is going to love him like I do. But that's my boy. I remember the day he got saved. I remember the moment he went from death to life. I, I, I know the changes and I know the heartaches. I know the headaches. And in David's case, what is written about the life of David, good and bad, you understand that God's loving kindness was faithful not because of David's consistency or faithfulness, but because of God's consistency and God's faithfulness. Right, go with me uh, for a minute to... Psalms 51. You need to thank God that you can't go beyond the reach of his loving kindness. You have a child going to the sun, going to the military, and go halfway around the world. And that mom, that mom, loving kindness, phone calls and prayers and packages 
and the rest of the world's forgotten about him. Even his girlfriend's forgotten about him, moved on. Not mom. Loving kindness. Here's David. Now, when did David write this psalm, Psalm 51? After his name with Bathsheba. Now, we're not going to go into the depths of the story that he tells because everyone here knows those details. But David not only committed adultery, but he committed murder to cover his adultery. Keep it. I know, I know we have some people with some secrets in their past. I'm just not certain that we have anyone here that committed adultery and then murdered to cover. I hope we don't. <laughs> and if there were a person in this congregation that had committed those sins, you would look at them differently from now until death. But here's David, verse 51. I mean, chapter 51, verse 1. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to what? Now, If God was not his father, could he even utter these words? Could he utter these words to a judge? Could he utter, they would have no meaning to a judge. They'd have no meaning to a jury. They'd have no meaning to the the family that is suffering. They'd have no meaning to Ahithophel. No one at all except a parent, a heavenly father. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy Tender mercies blot out my transgressions. Now, here's what God in his loving kindness did. David committed the sin. And he sent Nathan the prophet. He sent Nathan to point a finger in David's face and say, Thou art the man and you've sinned and God's going to judge you. And it's fourfold for each sin. And then God took that baby. And you say, that, that was the judgment of God. No, that was the loving kindness of God. In reality, we all know Jewish law, David should have died. He committed two sins that should have brought the death penalty. And not only did God allow David to live, he allowed him to continue to reign. And then he didn't didn't even take back his promise of an eternal kingdom. That's called loving kindness. Now, how many understand that chastisement is loving kindness? Um. When, you know, my dad used to say before punishment, uh, my mom, this, this is going to hurt me. How, how many looked at that? <laughs> ah, yeah, right. Let's switch sides and then you tell me that. <laughs> now, what, what God does in loving kindness, he does not overlook the sin. Mercy doesn't eliminate the consequence. It alleviates some of that based upon repentance. But you as a parent, when you have to chastise, I've had to chastise my children. I've had to punish them at moments. I've, I've had to look for ways to correct the wrongdoing. But there was no glee. There was no joy. There was a heaviness of heart. And even in that, there was a loving kindness that said, what I'm doing here is to correct the behavior, better their future, give them an understanding of the consequences, the wrongdoing that was done. And here's what God's doing with David. In all of this, there's a loving kindness in the way that it was dealt with. Go to Matthew 1. We shouldn't have to turn there, but just to, it's Christmas season. We might as well have a two-verse reminder of the loving kindness of God. Matthew 1, 5. Salmon begat Boaz, Rahab. That was Rahab the harlot. Boaz begat Obed of Ruth. Obed begat Jesse. Jesse begat David the king. Now, I would have left it at that. David begat Solomon, but not God. He wants to remind us of his loving kindness. 
David the king begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of your. He said, you know what, I'm even going to use Bathsheba and I'm going to use the child of David and Bathsheba. This is called the loving kindness of God. Do you see why David repeatedly in the Psalms says, I just want to praise God for his loving kindness? Because he said, I've known a lot of people in life and I've had a lot of friends, but that's not loving kindness. That's love at times and that's kindness at times. It's just not the package of loving kindness. Now go with me to Romans chapter 4 and we'll be finished. Church today, if I... If I could just get you to leave meditating on the word loving kindness and walk out of here with a little gratitude in your heart for God. Have we look at the world that has no fear of God, full of flattery. They just flatter themselves, mouths just pouring out evil, uh, losing sleep as they devise more mischief and understand. Listen, that world out there that you're living in has no concept can you, can you imagine living life without understanding the loving kindness of God? You know what motivates me to get up and live every day for the Lord Jesus Christ? His loving kindness. I know today I have a protective heavenly Father that is merciful and kind and loving on a level that only a mother can be with her own child. Look what it says in Romans 4. How did all this happen? Verse 5. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his what? His faith. How many are thankful for that this morning? You were lost, undone, unrighteous. One day by faith and faith alone, you put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, repentant of your sins, and suddenly you became a member of the family of God. How difficult was that? Yeah, you didn't get a bargain. This goes way beyond the bargain. A bar- I hate when people use the word bargain speaking of salvation. No, this blasts bargain out of the water. You, you, this was not a 50 cent discount, $100 off, 10%. No, no, no. We're talking about all of him, none of you. Verse 6, even as David also describeth what? The blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without work, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. He said this, the loving kindness. Of God. This is the moment right here. So this, this loving kindness took place at a spiritual birth, not based on works, but based on faith, not based on me, but based on him. And at that moment, the love and the kindness of God extended salvation, extended forgiveness. But once I was birthed into the family of God, now I get experience every day, the loving kindness of God. You know why that child, Titus, or Kaylee, or whoever it is, sees you and runs, and sees mom and smiles, because they, they sense, they identify, they understand. That's the source of loving kindness. The one real true source. Oh, there are other nice people in the world. Oh, there are those that smile and bring candy. And oh, those are ones that, 
tried to be kind to me in the Sunday school class, but I know that's not the source of my loving kindness. That woman that, that I call mom, that is the source. And I think this morning we have to lift up our voices in praise and say, I can't imagine. The biggest benefit of Christianity outside of going to heaven is every day waking up to the loving kindness of God the Savior. Now go with me to one more verse and we're finished. Psalm 63. Psalm 63. Verse 3. Because, look what David says. Because thy loving kindness is what? Now this is what ought to cause us to thank him and praise him. Because his loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. That's why I bless thee while I live. I'll lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. My mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. Why? Because thy loving kindness is what? Say, Pastor, how can it be better than life? Because life without it is just, why do you think people commit suicide? Now, if you enjoy the loving kindness of a parent, this is way beyond the loving kindness of a parent. This is the unmatched, unmeasurable loving kindness of God the Savior who every day wakes up with no memory of your past, only positive thoughts about your future, reaching out, reaching down, and saying, how can I help you today? The creator of the universe, the giver of life. David, there was a deep understanding. And I don't, I don't think you need to go through what David went through to understand his loving kindness. But David said, if we're just talking about life, I don't know if I'm really happy about the concept of life and heartaches and tragedy and headaches and sickness and sin. He said, but thy loving kindness, now that is better than life. 